Jimmy Lewis, and this is Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, the dirt bike podcast where we talk about motorcycle and motorcycle-related products. Sometimes you just got to go it solo, and Tech Talk Taco Tuesday number 40, that's what happened. I think I scare my co-hosts away sometimes. But anyways, you can learn valuable things like possible reasons your KTM leaked oil while it was sitting in storage, uh, good gifts for motorcycle rider, I'll give you some reasons why your chain is stretching and wearing down in a weird way. And who knows what else? It's got to be good. I'm just sitting around babbling, kind of like right now. You really got to listen to the show. This show is brought to you by... Climb has been with this show since the beginning, and I really appreciate that. What I like even better is that the gear is super awesome. I've been wearing it since the beginning. Uh, It's evolved a bunch. It's very durable. Um, really good fitting. They have features on their gear that are pretty much uh, industry leading. And I appreciate that because that's what I wear when I get to do fun stuff and I'm comfortable and I like almost everything that they make. So if you are looking for a change of gear or you're looking for the best gear, I think uh, you won't be disappointed by trying climb. So give them a look. Along with DDC Racing, that's Delaney Drive Components. They're makers of very strong, durable, chromoly, chrome-plated sprockets. If you've seen these things, they look like Swiss cheese. They're super light for a steel sprocket. They last forever. They come with a one-year warranty, and they are built by riders who really care about keeping riding areas open. So if you're interested in some good drive systems parts, Check out ddcracing.net. That's Delaney Drive Components. And Taco Moto. So you've heard us talk about Taco Mike on the show. He's been a guest host a few times. Taco Moto Co., that's how you find him on the web, sells a lot of the kind of cool and unique tuning products that you need to get your emissions-compliant bike running up to snuff. So if you have questions, he has answers. And he can also sell you the stuff. So if we can't answer the question here, which we hope we can, maybe he can answer the question over there. And he can also sell you the parts that you might need to get your especially KTM or Husky dual sport bike uh, running like a champ. Anyways, it's tacomoto.co. Now, here's the show. Live in Pahrump, Valley of the Dirt People for Dirt Bike Riders. Uh, wet dirt, by the way. We got uh, some awesome rain. You are now tuned in to Tech Talk Taco Tuesday. This is the uh, motorcycle talk show where we talk about dirt bike and dirt bike related products. Um, my name is Jimmy Lewis. I try to answer most of your questions uh, with my years of um, uh, lessons learned via hard knocks. So, uh, welcome everybody. Um, got a few people in the chat room. Sorry, I was, uh, gone last week. I decided to take a little vacation, so I thought it would double up on the questions, which it didn't. Um, but, uh, doesn't matter. I got a few questions. We're going to try to take some calls, uh, about halfway through the show. If you have questions, you can call in or you can, um, punch them into the question box. I see some of them coming in now. Matthew Cox. Um, I'm going to go ahead and start there. Um, beer is my co-host. That's right, Bob. Um, this time it's uh, Miller High Life in the can because that's what I found in the back of my motorhome. 
So <laughs> cheers to cheers to the I like the champagne of beers in a bottle, but we're gonna see if I, I like it like this. Mm. <sighs> not as much. It it like like not really a connoisseur of beer. I mean, I, I like really cheap beer, and this does qualify. And uh, it tastes like, um, yeah, yeah, just whatever. Um, perfect. Sorry, Mitch, I didn't have anything better for you. <laughs> I feel bad. If it was in the bottle, I'd be happy. That's usually what I have in the bottle. Um, we might have to hit tequila tonight. We don't know. We'll see how it goes. Uh, have you tested the SRT bibs yet? No, I haven't. Um, so can't answer that question. Um, but there's a lot of different companies making them. Uh, I will tell you my experience with, with Moose. It's a tricky road to go down and... If that company that is making them isn't very active in testing them quite a bit, um, and they don't have really good quality control over their factory, um, I wouldn't expect a whole lot out of uh, out of mooses because a lot of them have shelf life uh, based on the chemicals they use to build them. Uh, you know, to keep them lightweight, um, to make them have the right kind of feel. Uh, it's tricky. And I know because I've tested uh, mooses for a few different companies and there are a lot more misses than hits in that market. So, um, yeah, haven't, haven't tried them. I'd love to try them. Uh, and you know, anytime I can get a couple more sets of mooses to go burn up is good by me, except for when they leave me hanging and (laughs) which has happened before. So, uh, yeah, I can't answer that question. Uh, Mark, no, no tequila yet. Um, could it could come into uh could come into thing yes bob we have empty chairs would you like to come out here and take one one time cuz um you know you you hide you lurk around san felipe bob is 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 lurking around in the backgrounds of the uh of the chat room but he has not made an appearance here and he does have uh, a lot of motorcycle uh experience so um uh don't know how good is he answering questions. He sometimes he answers questions, but it, it comes from Bob World, which is I think different than uh, it has to do with Yamahas, uh, lots of Yamahas, um, lots of WR two fifties, um, some Baja two thousand um, uh, solo uh, experience. So yeah, um, he'll tell you all about it <laughs> right there in the chat. So uh, Jesse has a two part question. I just see pop up on the screen. My KTM 350 sat in the garage all summer. It seemed to have an oil leak. I cleaned it, and nothing seems to be leaking. Could the bike have sweat the oil out through the high heat and storage? Not very likely. Um, So when you said the thing sat in the garage and it seemed to have an oil leak, that mean there was oil down on on the ground? Um, and from what I know about the KTMs, if you haven't uh, done like uh, some kind of an, uh, a rerouting of the of the uh, oil lines that that come the the breather hose that comes out of the head, it blows a lot of that oil into the airbox, and it's kind of designed so that it it goes down there and maybe it's when it's a mist it gets sucked back in the engine and burnt up, but a lot of times it'll pool and collect inside the airbox and. I've seen them kind of, you know, when they get a little bit in there, kind of leak their way out down through the bottom corner. If you have that frame cover on the side of the frame, it runs down the frame there so you don't actually see it. And then it might do a couple drips on the ground. 
uh, all kind of normal. Um, so I wouldn't wor- worry about it. If it like pooled up someplace in the motor where a gasket was keeping it and it just leaked, maybe you don't have one of the bolts tightened down someplace. The KTM 350s are pretty well known for seeping at the um, head gasket uh, in the cam journals. Um, so uh, maybe it could be dripping down there. Uh, my bike, our, our, our high mileage uh, KTM 350 always leaks there. So um, just something we've kind of become accustomed to, but it's not enough where you would ever actually notice it in the like consumption or losing of oil. So... Um, yeah, hopefully that answers your first part. Also, my front brakes have no pressure. This all worked fine during my last ride. Anytime you let a bike sit, especially when it can get like, you know, big temperatures, especially getting hot. And especially if you have older brake fluid in, uh, your bike, it will attract moisture. Um, it will, uh, get air bubbles in it. So I would just flush it just, uh, the easiest thing you can do is just back bleed it. So you can just go, you know, run your knee into that caliper, pull on the wheel, push your knee in that caliper, and it'll squirt the fluid back up in there. And then you will pump some new fluid, hopefully with less air in it, down into the line. And a lot of times that can do it. But, man, if if it's been sitting for a while, there's nothing wrong with changing out the fluid. It'll cost you a couple bucks uh, in fluid if you buy the real expensive stuff, um, which, you know, it doesn't hurt. And... uh so that would be probably the safest and best thing for you to do. So good luck with that. Let us know how it goes. Um, Don Julio, nineteen forty-two. No, probably not. Yeah, that's probably not on the agenda. I have something that's way more expensive than that, but I'm saving that for um, special friends. Uh, SFB World is good. Yes. Uh, have you changed the sixth gear on a Husky KTM yet? I didn't, but Trevor Hunter did, and they did a story on it, and people keep asking us questions about it, and um, I think the story was mostly done the last time I saw it. It was kind of like a a how-to with some jokes thrown into it that weren't very good jokes, and I thought they should either concentrate on being funny or uh, do a little more how-to, especially get the damn parts list, so... I don't have to think. I can just go hand the parts list to somebody, and then um, then I'll have the parts, and I can do it all. Uh, so you ask Trevor. It's Trevor at DirtBikeTest.com. You can email him, and uh, he should get back to you. And if he doesn't, um, he's probably working for some other um, media outlet by this time now. So because they probably offered to pay him. <laughs> so no oil in the skid plate and on the blank. Oh, bottom of the engine. Yeah, I I bet you it's just weeping out of some gasket someplace, nothing to worry about, or it's running down the frame rail like I talked about, and then it managed to, instead of drip on the ground, run out onto your skid plate. So check your, uh, pull the air filter off and stick your finger down on the bottom, and if there's a puddle of oil, I'm going to almost bet that's where it came from. Just wipe it out with a paper towel and don't worry about it. Um, so uh, the question, brake fluid. Uh, George is asking him if it's brake fluid. Hopefully for the, hopefully the, uh, let's see. What do you think of the new 219, 2020 KTM 690 with traction control, quick shifter, explore EX suspension and counterbalanced motor? Is that the new one that they just released the information on? Cause all I saw was that other, the white KTM one that had the big giant gas tank. And I thought, finally, 
they they put a big giant gas tank on that bike, which is kind of what it really needed, and not one that's made out of sixteen different small compartments. Just one. Well, actually, on that it has two. It connects to the back gas tank. But uh, um, wow, if it has all that stuff on it. Um, it's not going to get any better in my world. <laughs> it's just that bike is really good at. It's kind of like an XR400, which if you know me, you know that I actually really like the XR400. But the XR400, as good as it was at doing nothing good, it was a good motorcycle. And I think that's where the KTM 690 is. But it's a little bit bigger and it's a little bit heavier, you know, and it's it's kind of that in-between adventure bike that's good at doing absolutely nothing except for just being a really good bike. So putting traction control on a pig and, you know, putting – really good suspension on a bike that has a chassis design flaw that only allows a really short shock is, you know, that's nice. Um, um, quick shifter. I have one of those built into my wrist. And, uh, so counterbalanced motor, has that motor always been, never been counterbalanced, always been, or it was not in there. I don't know. I don't follow that bike. I don't like it enough. So, um, yeah, I'm not positive about uh, that bike, but it sounds like it'd be, you know, kind of a little bit better than it used to be, which that's uh, anything. Um, let's see. For San Felipe Bob is having a nut job recovery. I don't want to know anything more about it. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's it for the questions in the in the uh, thing. Um, the countershaft seals also leak. Hey, George, by the way, uh, George, you know your bike that's sitting here, the one, the 500? Yours is leaking out of the countershaft seal because it, it left um, oil on my floor. And you can see how concerned I am about it. And I'm not that concerned, especially since it's your bike. But yours is actually leaking in an interesting way out of the countershaft seal. It's coming out the – it's going out from behind the sprocket, and then it's coming out the sprocket bolt. So it's kind of working its way you know, through all the seals and getting itself out there. That's as easy generally as just pulling that bolt out um, – tightening it up and, you know, putting some, maybe put a little silicone or something around it to seal it a little bit better. But, uh, um, lucky it wasn't, uh, lucky I didn't ride it too much. Cause you know, it could run out of oil and then bad things could happen. I don't want to talk about your 300. <laughs> so, um, cool. I'm going to turn now to my pages of questions and I've got a burning question from Curtis Kelly who keeps resetting this to me because he thinks I have some inside information. He says, Jimmy, Ricky Brabeck had a DNF in Dakar in 2018 and 2019 because of his 450X motors died. Well, they weren't 450X motors. They were factory HRC rally motors, and yes, they died. Uh, you might not be able to say much. I can say a lot. But can you give me any info on what happened to the motors and what Honda did or didn't do to fix this for 2020? Uh... I don't know much. That's the best thing about it. I know that they broke. Um, I think was it in eighteen? Didn't it catch on fire? Didn't he? Didn't his? No. Was it the battery thing? I don't remember spe specifically. No, that was nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. Nineteen. Um, yeah, the bike, the engine, the engine stopped. But basically, they broke. Um, uh, whatever you heard or didn't hear, I guarantee it probably didn't come from Honda. They probably just said the engine had a failure. And I don't, I don't even know specifically what it is, um, nor did I really ask that much because I don't, you know, it's, it doesn't really affect anything, but you know, the team and, uh, are they doing stuff to fix that for 2020? You bet. 
um, anytime they have, you know, any team has a failure like that for whatever reason, um, uh, they go back and they analyze everything they can and they figure out what's went right and what went wrong. And then they try to build it better so it can go, go harder. And the, the, how hard those guys have to ride 450 CC bikes to go, you know, for that long. And I think this year's rally is quite a bit longer. Um, and they're not changing engines, um, or they're not supposed to. <laughs> so, um, they, they, uh, it's funny cause I actually heard some stories about engine changing <laughs> that was, that was interesting. Um, you know, there's, you hear lots of stories, but I don't, you know, I wasn't there. I didn't see, I can't really confirm what did, did or didn't happen. Just like, I don't really know what happened to Ricky's bike. So, um, but, uh, you know, they, they, they're, they're taxing those bikes and they've, they've got to run a long time at really, really high RPMs. And you listen to those guys riding the sand dunes, they're bouncing them off the rev limiter, not on purpose. It's just the fastest, safest way to ride them in the sand. And, uh, yeah, so I uh, can't really give you an honest answer on that stuff, but I will guarantee you that they've, they're doing lots of testing, but it's just like any racing at the highest level. You're trying to get the maximum out of that thing. And, and you're trying to, um, you're trying to learn, you know, and, and that's kind of the excuse to go racing. Yeah. You want to win and you want to, uh, be at the top, but you're also, your excuse is, Hey, we're trying to see how far we can push these bikes and what we can learn from, you know, what we're doing. And there's no doubt Honda spends a lot of money, um, doing that. And I know they've been doing a lot of, uh, a lot of testing. So that's the, uh, that's the answer to that question. Uh, ST one asks, I have the 2018 250 cc TPI. Do you know? Do you guys know if my bike can be changed to a 300 cc? If yes, what parts have to be changed in order to make it 100 percent like the 300 cc that comes out of the factory? Well, I haven't done the specific research on that, but I guarantee you, since those by the 300 and 250 are pretty darn similar, that you can change it. And I don't know if it's just a bore only thing. There's a kit. They used to have a kit for sure. So in the old days to make a year 250, a 300, and it was kind of designed for the XC. So I don't know if they have it for XCW, but they're, the motors now are supposedly exactly the same uh, uh, besides transmission ratios. So what goes on top of that base gasket is, you know, all 300 stuff. I remember that it used to be just a bore. That was the difference between the 300 and 250. It was the different. So you have a different cylinder, different head, a different piston, and then you needed to get the ECU, or you were supposed to get the ECU that went along with the 300. But one of the hot tips was to run the 250 ECU on the 300 back in the day when they were carbureted, uh, just because it gave it a, a different power character that most people that I know that rode it uh, preferred. So... Um, were we maybe more advanced riders and a bunch of spoiled magazine editor kind of types? Yeah. But, uh, but I don't know that you can do that on the, on the TPI bikes. I don't know how sensitive they are and stuff, but if, if you, I would look in to see if power parts have as a kit, that'd be great. Um, and, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, let me know how it goes. ST one. Um, Maddie D comments on the same bike or actually the 300 lots of guys having boil over issues. KTM is going to have to address that for sure. No, no, they're not. 
there's not a lot of guys having boil over issues. And I will, I would really be willing to bet you a lot, like, like a six pack of these that, that the guys that are having boil issues also have clutch control issues. And 99.9% of the heat that's causing the problem is coming out of the clutch, heating up that engine. And trust me, the radiators aren't very good at cooling that heat down. And it's a really good heat sink down there. Um, and that's what's causing all the heat. So if they would just let go of the clutch and start using the throttle to make power as opposed to slipping the clutch or learn how to use their clutch so they don't stall all the time, uh, they won't have boil over issues and KTM won't have to do anything about that at all. Uh, KTM can thank me later for uh, for addressing that issue because I'm sure everybody was running down to their dealers to file a uh, you know a complaint about boiling over. I, I've I've been riding the 300 that we have here, and I have a 2019, I have a, two, a, a, a 2020, and uh, that whole time we had that other bike, I never got it to boil, and I rode it in some pretty, pretty tough, um, tough conditions and stuff when it was really hot too. Does the recluse help on all of that? And the question is, I'm wearing a recluse hat today. Hey, by the way, this portion of the show is brought to you by. Uh, uh, Jimmy Lewis Off-Road Riding School. By the way, we have uh, a couple spots open in our class this weekend if you feel like you need to um, learn how to not slip your clutch too much. But the other thing you can do is you can put a recluse in your in your bike, and then you never have to touch that lever. Um, just saying. And what the recluse actually does is kind of teaches you how low you can lug your bike before you actually have to pull the clutch in. Because I, I find that a lot of guys are so scared of stalling the bike that they're, that they're afraid to trust the torque in the motorcycle or they're stalling. Cause they just don't have the coordination between their throttle hand and their clutch hand. And, you know, so, 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 so there's, they're actually letting the clutch out when they're at zero throttle. I mean, you should try this sometime just as a, as a, as a thing, take your throttle and turn it to like maybe 2% and try to stall your bike. Do make sure you hold that throttle at 2%, not, not zero, not one, just two, just enough to where the RPMs start picking up and try to stall that bike. And it's really, really hard to do. In fact, I would, it wouldn't be surprised if you were wheel lofting on accident more than you were stalling with, if you just held that throttle at that position. So, um, yeah, uh, and but the recluse will teach you a properly set up recluse will teach you how how low you can lug the bike and kind of what it sounds like because if your throttle position goes down to a point where the RPM drops, it does the clutch for you perfect. And the thing about that position on the throttle, there's not much power, so it's not going to generate a ton of heat there. Because the minute it's doing the, the slipping, the kind of friction that causes a lot of heat, it starts engaging and doesn't allow the clutch to slip. I mean, just enough to get it going, then there's enough power to move the bike, and it lets, quote, lets the clutch all the way out for you. So, um, yeah, if you want to learn more about that, we have a little thing on setting up recluse clutches on dirtbiketest.com. That's the uh, website that we have. And it's amazing when you type stuff in the search box in dirtbiketest.com, you go right to those stories that you were looking for that information on. Uh, so, Maddie D, um, um, I hope I didn't. Uh, Hope I didn't uh, wreck your <laughs> your hate of KTM clutches. I think of all the all the clutches, all the bikes that I have ever ridden, 
the KTMs have the most durable, um, longest lasting clutches by a margin that's quite a bit, quite a bit better. They've always been a little bit different. I mean, they used to have metal centered plates, you know, back in when I was racing 125s. They had some crazy stuff, but the clutches have always been pretty darn good. Um, so yeah. Travis Spencer commented, KTM headlights still suck. May be better than before, but still terrible, especially for being a $10,000 bike. Hmm. Uh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> I think for $10,000, they could aim that light a little bit better. Uh, um, Baja Designs make some pretty nice ones, though, don't they? So they just plug right in and bolt right on. Um, and then you have a $10,500 bike. So cheers. Uh, so John Houston comments um, on, on what's he talking about? Oh, he's talking about the KTM 300 also. He says, when you buy this bike and mod it, be sure to tell the dealership that you what you did to it before it started running like shit and not starting at all. Leave it alone and you will be happier for longer with more money in your pocket. John, I, I can't agree more. <laughs> I think that's probably some of the, the best advice that um, you've had me read out loud on this show ever. Um, yeah, it, 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 I'll bet you John works at a dealership <laughs> and I'll bet you people are bringing their bikes in with like their secret parts that they did and hid or, you know, you know, uh, maybe they, maybe they, uh, went to that other bald guy on the internet that told him to reclock the throttle position sensor and, you know, uh, plug up your, uh, plug up your oil injection so you don't get oil on your reeds. You know, I, sometimes I feel like I've got oil on my reeds when I have to look at all that stuff. And I always, you wonder where I, um, how, like the, the stories that I end up telling on the show. And it's a lot of times it's based on the questions I get. And a lot of times I get these questions and I go, why did somebody ask that? I'm going to, I'm going to read, I'm going to read a question about that. Um, like this in a little while. And you're like, why, why is he talking about this? Because I got this question about it. And I'm like, why are they asking these just asinine questions? Where did this come from? And because some, somebody else, you know, on the internet, said something completely different than what I said. And, you know, hey, it's the internet. You're getting, you're getting, well, with me at least, you're getting way more than you've paid for because I'm pretty sure everybody here paid about zero to be watching this tonight. So your information is worth at least twice what you've paid for it, and that's by multiplying what you did pay for it by two, and you're getting exactly that. So when you get something that, that like what it's worth, which is, you know, what you paid for it, remember that. Because when you, when the guys are putting all this stuff up and, and their game is they're trying to get something, you know, on the backside, they're, they're hoping that a, they're going to sell all their, their products. Uh, they're doing some clickbaity things, you know, maybe they're, um, pretending or saying, or they're, Oh, you know what they're going to do? They're going to give away a motorcycle or give away this or that there's giveaways and those giveaways are enough to like, oh, I can win a free motorcycle, bang, click. And then there's gonna they've figured out the math. And it's just it's called how to be a good YouTuber. You know, there's there's a system or a method you can do where if you get this many views, you're gonna make this this much back and then it's gonna get here. And then all of a sudden maybe you can get somebody to send you some free products and um and I'm sure those people are way better YouTubers than me. 
but I promise you they have not nearly as many hours on motorcycles, riding them, testing them to a high level, understanding how that stuff works, and just doing guesswork. Because I'm blown away when I go do research on something that I've tested or something um, you know, that I have really solid experience with, and then I just go look and see what people are saying about it, just so I'm armed and dangerous to answer this question. And so when I know something I've tested and I see someone say, oh, that was the best thing ever. I plugged down my bike and a 22 new horsepower and blah, 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 this and that. And I'm like, you know, it, it might have made the bike have you know, 22 more horsepower or whatever. But like, did you notice how wrecked the throttle response and all of a sudden the bike popped and sputtered and didn't didn't run and, you know, little little things like that. It's like, it's like mm, that's not a very rideable thing. In fact, there's no way that, it bike would ever come like that because it's the manufacturer couldn't sell it like that because everybody would be taking it back to the dealer and say this bike sputters and pops and doesn't run stuff like stuff like that so uh yeah um and and i see this a lot a lot of times and and i'm 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 blown away i'm like did you put this on the same bike <laughs> you know are we were we riding the same thing it's supposed to be the same thing but it doesn't it doesn't appear like that so um uh, be careful what you, what you, what you read out there. There's lots of, uh, there's lots of goofy stuff that comes around. I mean, everybody's got an opinion and you're fully entitled to your opinion. It's just what experience are you backing that up with and how articulate are you about explaining it? And are you explaining the whole thing? And, and then the, the, the royal question to ask yourself is what are they trying to sell me? You know, are they, they it's, it's like figure out how they're trying to get into your wallet and then, um, then you usually have your answer. You can kind of trace back the, the answer to that. Or you're trying to pay somebody that you owe. <laughs> you owe somebody something. Uh, yeah. American Duramax asks about the CRF450X. I have the same bikes, the same bike. How did you fix the front forks response to smaller rocks and such? I don't like the initial feeling, and it really beats me up. Uh, stiff until the fork starts to travel. So CR450X, uh, I remember that. And in fact, when we when the bike was brand new, especially when it was brand new, I thought the same thing. And by opening up the compression, make, making the compression softer, I found it made the fork harsher. Maybe you felt the same thing. Um, so I actually went a little bit stiffer on the compression, which helped it ride up a little bit in the stroke. But I also put negative air pressure into the tubes. So how did I do that? Um, well, when it was stock, I actually unscrewed the the bleeder valve with the bike you know kind of you know on its you know sit i was sitting on it and i just took the screwdriver open up and had it hiss out and then closed it back up and i did that to both legs so maybe it was instead of being fully extended it was extended down about you know inch inch and a half whatever the the sag was based on where my weight was and it put negative pressure in there and this is a trick that i learned from the old uh, ktm wp4 cs forks this is how we used to get them to be supple uh, it's a lot easier when you have a bleeder, like a, like a motion pro type bleeder. So you can just use your fingers and push down. And that way you can make kind of quick changes. If you want a little bit more, you can put a little more negative pressure in, or if it starts feeling like it's, it's too much. So this really helped. That was number one. Um, and that was all done with the bike at the proper ride height. In other words, we had the right, you know, 105, 107, 108, whatever it was, millimeters of sag in the back. Um, so as I got more comfortable on that bike, I started 
running a little less sag. So instead of 105, it was up like 103, 101. And I got to the point where I was pretty happy with that bike until I rode a Yamaha. And then the Yamaha was just that much more supple and planted and did all this other stuff. Then all of a sudden I started, okay, now I want to uh, do some, a little bit of revalving. Uh, you know, we, we had the suspension and it gets better as it breaks in, by the way, the bike got quite a bit better as it broke in. But when we finally had the suspension serviced, um, we decided to go in and do a couple little changes. Uh, and one of the things was, and listen, this, you just, we made the shock, just the shock stroke, just a little bit longer. So it raised the rear end up just a little bit higher, which put a little bit more wakes on weight on the forks. And again, so it's these little tuning things can make such a big difference for, in reality, not that much, not that much money. I mean, you don't have to go get some crazy different forks or special valves and all this stuff. It just, you know, go to a knowledgeable suspension tuner that knows some of these things. And when, when you as a rider say, Hey, my forks are a little bit harsh and they can, um, kind of get in there and do some tuning. Um, Gabe, are you making comments on my show? Poor playback quality switch to mirroring. That's where we need that cardboard cut out of me and I can just walk off and start drinking and then we'll just put a recording of the last show up here. Right. Um, let's see. Uh, where are we at here? Oh, I'm still working on these questions. <laughs> uh, we only got a couple more and then we're going to, then we may go to phone calls. Um, should we try to go to phone calls? Why don't you, why don't you, do I have to go into that thing and log it, log in? Oh, you can get in you can take calls. Why don't you get in? And if we get calls and I saw Victor just joined Victor, I, I think I'm going to hook you up. I, 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 I'm really missed out on seeing a guy. Should I say a beaner in Levi's riding an XR 400 on B to V and that would be accurate. Yes. Victor, <laughs> we missed you by like literally minutes in Sandy Valley. Heather and I were out riding across Sandy Valley and, uh, um, beaner, he's proud of that. By the way, he he wears that badge with honor, and he's a good dude, popsicle dick, popsicle guy. So, uh, yeah, Victor's awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so he rode his XR four hundred on B two V. I saw a couple of cool photos. I mean, that's a that's a trooper. That's a guy who's just taking a dirt bike, actually a horrible dirt bike that's good at doing nothing. We talked about that in the beginning of the show. He probably had a great time, and uh, and then somebody was picking on him for wearing Levi's, and I'm like. Or maybe he was picking on himself. I don't know. He called himself poor and another word that I just used again. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Um, but, uh, I, I, I mean, as, as lucky as I've been my entire you know life to be able to, you know, get to, to ride all these new bikes and stuff like that after 10 minutes, when you're on a motorcycle, if you're on the right motorcycle doing the right thing, you know, you're going to have a pretty good time. You kind of forget about it. And, and, uh, it, it's, it's kind of, you know, dirt bikes are fun and uh yeah keep it that way so uh awesome on that uh let's see if vika kx450 asks um and he's talking about the honda crf450x I'm, I'm judging that he's a little biased based on his name kx450 i've seen the bike in flesh how they routed the front brake line is so stupid it's just lazy just like an exc what? Like you just insulted two really good bikes. Kawasaki doesn't even make an off-road bike like like the Sierra 450X or 
KTM EXC. You're just jealous. That's it. What what about the brake line? Is it is it routed weird? I mean, I wish he's trolling me, trying to get a rise, rise out of me. Not even close. Um, you know, I'll tell you what. The one thing you can pick on there, and I and 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 if you do want to make a a a a worthy upgrade to that bike, is that that front brake line? I'm pretty sure it's rubber. I'm pretty sure it's a rubber. It's not a steel braided line. And if you want to get pretty good brake feel or better brake feel or improved brake feel, um, I have found that going from the the stock Honda lines that are and they've made them stiffer over the years. They had some ones that were spongy. I mean, you could squeeze it, and and you'd watch the the line like flex and move. Um, but go to like Galfer makes really good custom braided steel lines. And uh, oh, so I know you don't have a. CRF 450 and you're just picking on the KTMs because KTMs do come with steel braided brake lines and I've never, you know, I don't know what KX 450s have. They're probably just better somehow. But uh, yeah, um, I don't know about the routing though. I'm not really sure why the routing is bad. Yeah, in the old days. Remember, you will we'll, we'll remember when, you know, Yamaha had to do the funny routing where it went round down underneath the fork and stuff like that. So um I'm not yet sure what you're complaining about. Obviously, uh, Ivica KX450. You uh, probably got sick of watching the other bald guys on the internet, and he came to pick on me. So, uh, <laughs> good job, buddy. Uh, on the YZ250F first ride video, in Im, Imtada Imtada commented Imtada turning the motor around make made a big difference lol maybe yamaha should switch front and rear wheels 21 inch rear 19 inch front with that with a happy face um what what does that mean i mean i tell you what yes turning around the motor made a big difference especially on the 250f if if you watch most national motocross races just for instance where people spend a lot of money to get their bike out in front at the first turn um, especially on the shorter start straights, watch which bikes were always at uh, out front. It was always YZ250S. And and having ridden some race versions of that motor and just even stock compared stock to stock, the advantages of having that motor design with that straight down uh, intake, downdraft intake, yes, did make a difference. And it makes it easier to get more power, more reliably, um, and the power delivery still, I think, uh, and I think our test says it, it's still pretty much class leading. It's the one everybody else is shooting for. And even if they can get like as much up on top and stuff, they're still, um, they're still struggling to kind of get that full, that really that full spread of power that, that the, uh, the Yamahas have. So, um, I think the KTM motor actually may make more peak. I'm uh, just guessing, you know, stock for stock. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it did make a big difference. So, um, but I don't think changing the wheels around would help much at all. So I don't think you're going to see them doing that anytime. Hey, you know, what's really funny about that. Who did it first? Who spun the motor around backwards first, at least in, in, we'll call it modern times. Anybody want to answer that question? Yeah. Doesn't start with an H. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a bicycle company did it because bicycle companies do stupid things, right? All the time. Uh, let's see. Let me see where we're at. See if we can go back and grab some uh, questions from the form. Uh, let's see. Do, did I miss any? Did anybody see anything? The loud pipe saves life. 
Um, ignore Bob. Yeah, ignore Bob. I'll do that. Uh, let's see. Uh, Lou Peralta. Lou is the guy that used to put on those those uh, Baja. Um, I forget what they were called, but they were like um, Baja de Lou. Well, yeah, it was. He used to do watercraft races. Now he does side by side races and stuff. And and uh, but they were kind of the they were kind of the smaller. It was like a, it was like the fun series that you would do down in down in Baja. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Lou's in there. He says uh, I'm not sure what he said. There was too many words for me to read right now. Um, let's see, Dave Scott. Love my 202300 XCW. It still stalls quite a bit for me, even fully warmed up. Okay, Dave, <laughs> let me let me help you with that. Let's see. Are you using just two fingers in the clutch? That's a start because I see people trying to use their whole hand. You lose control. Um, I would try turning the idle up just a little bit. If it's a 2020, they improve the idle circuit, and uh, that can help quite a bit. Um, if it... It's I'm uh, I'm just trying to figure out why, how would that bike stall? I mean they 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 have they have a ton of torque. Yeah, you could put a recluse on it; and it won't stall anymore either. Um, so yeah, a uh, little more little more information. Actually, I run I run my two strokes with the idle set, so the bike I call it just barely idles. So it it almost stalls. Like it'll actually idle for about twenty or thirty seconds, and it's struggling to idle. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't have any stalling problems on on our bike at all, uh, but I will tell you that the reason I do that is because I like the the way that the, the what it does for the throttle response. It seems like it makes the throttle response more crisp and 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 more consistent. When it's idling up a little higher, it kind of pushes the bike into the turns because there's really not a lot of compression braking to begin with. Having that lower idle kind of adds a little bit of uh, compression braking. And then, um, uh, but you know, so play around with the idle, um, cheap, easy, inexpensive, maybe it'll help. And if you're still struggling, uh, I have this, uh, little off-road school that we do, uh, once a month or so, uh, best modification you can do to your motorcycle is to put a better rider on top of it and I can help. Uh, let's see. Mark Daniels, do you, uh, Levi's and not Kevlar jeans? No, I don't know what they were. I didn't. I, like I said, I missed him. He he went to the wrong bar in uh, Sandy Valley. Uh, <laughs> you know they have a they have a they have a food truck outside of the Idle Spurs now. Sure. Yeah, and it actually wasn't bad. Sure. Yeah. So, and it's open, which is kind of strange for things in Sandy Valley. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh. Oh, now there's people talking crap on each other in the chat room. <laughs> Let's see. Um, yep, uh, Mark Daniels got the thing. Yep, San Felipe Bob got it. Cannondale. That was the that was the the one backwards. Um, actually, I just saw something came across my fo- social media feeds. Uh, I think uh, Motocross Action uh, probably reposted a story from ten years ago about how horrible the Cannondale was. Um, and it wasn't, it wasn't really all that bad. So Gabe, do you think we have any calls? Nope. I don't think we're going to get, does anybody want to call in, call in and, um, you know, you can, you can heckle, you can ask a question, you can, uh, ask me what I did to George's bike when he left town last week. It's all, it's all open game. We do have about 20 more minutes to kill here if I need to. I was gonna I was gonna talk about um 
Uh, um, I know what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about this is where you want to get your mom to to watch the show, your mom or your girlfriend to watch. So, because I'm going to talk about good gifts that you can get your motorcycle riding boyfriend or husband or son or daughter, or if you're a dude that doesn't know much about it and your chick's more gnarly than you and she rides, cool stuff that you can get your uh, get your significant other or or family member. Um, uh, I'll start with uh, I'll start with uh, cheap things. This is this is just I thought about this. I thought about it. I was going to make some notes, but I'm just going to go off the top of my off the top of my uh, cranium here um, to see what stuff is good. What's what you you got a call? Uh oh, no dear. I'm going to have to plug my phone in now. But because uh, um, everybody's like just thinking shirts and stuff like that. One of the best things that you can you can get your hands on that you never seem to buy for yourself is like really good technical undergarments, like starting with socks and riding shorts and, and uh, you know, underlayers, especially in the cool is like underlayers. And if you can find some good technical stuff and it doesn't necessarily have to be um, motorcycle specific because there's a lot of companies that make other stuff. But when you are buying this stuff, try not to buy it from a company that supports land closure, by the way. <laughs> look at look at companies. So I'm going to say right off the top, Climb makes really good stuff. It's not cheap, but it's some of the best stuff I have. I have. And since they come from a snow machine, a snowmobile background, they know how to keep you warm. They know um, how to make that stuff uh, work. Uh, it's it's one of those things that nobody ever buys, but once you have it, you're gonna you're gonna wish that you had that kind of stuff uh, before. Um, there's a company called Moto Skivvies that makes some compression socks. And if you're wearing your socks all day long, um, I was blown away by how good their socks were. They have a, they have one, it's, it's, there's a test on it and dirt bike test. They're actually hard to install. I gave it a thumbs down for installation, like actually putting them on and taking them off because they're tight and that's the way they're supposed to be. But when you take your, your, you know, you take your shoes off, your boots off and you peel these socks off and you're like. Hey, my feet feel good. Actually, they actually feel it's kind of there's a little bit of relief when you take them off, but the whole time they actually feel better. And I did tests where I wore one all day long in like a regular sock and it was noticeable. So um, those are always kind of cool things that a lot of times people don't have that they would they didn't know they should have and they should have. So that's always um, kind of a kind of a really good thing. Um, let me see. Should I plug my phone in, Gabe? Okay, I'm plugging my phone in. That's see, you just if if sometimes you beg and people feel sorry for you. <laughs> so uh, I had it set. I'm gonna do that. It's gonna do. It's gonna do all the work. Uh, I have to go to the page and do the switching too, don't I? What do we What do we call? Oh, you can do that too. I I see if it'll actually log in for me. It's been a little bit of while. So I think I'm in. Uh, let's see. I'm in. So now I need to go. Enter. Sorry for doing this live on TV. We're just trying to save a few bucks here on our uh, on our uh, phone uh, system here. So here we go. Enter. Oh, here we go. I'm want. I want. What do I? Want? I want to host the show, right? Yeah, you're hosting. That's it. I'm hosting the show. Here we go. Oh, Victor called. <laughs> Victor called in. Okay, here we go. Victor. Let's see. I think. I think I'm putting you on air. Odele. 
All right. Well, my buddy was uh, riding a KTM 525. I don't know the year. Uh-huh. But uh, he installed a brand new chain on that thing, right? Yep. And all his sprockets back and front, they were perfect. When, when we started over there at Palmdale, the chain was adjusted right, I guess, because we kind of adjusted it right. And halfway, it started, like, slapping, like, pretty consistent, at a, a very consistent rate. When we got to Barstow, the chain was uh, probably like a link more longer than when we started. Yep. So we re- re- readjusted again the, the chain, and halfway to Vegas, it was loose again, and the teeth were very sharp over there at, at Sandy's, actually. Yeah. Okay, so so, so we, co- couple, couple questions. So number one, um, chain and sprockets or, uh-huh. or wear items, and they have break-in. Now, he didn't get this, like, for thirty nine ninety five for the whole set, did he? <laughs> I don't think so. The, the sprockets were stuck, and the chain was a DID, I believe. Wow, okay. So, and on, on new stock sprockets are good, or good, you know, it's an aluminum sprocket, but a good quality sprocket. Yeah, that was what I wondered. Maybe it was misaligned or something because they were getting pretty sharp. Like, so, so, was sharper so, than those things. So they still had the right shape of teeth, but they, the sprocket were actually getting ground down and kind of narrow. Yeah. Like, like more like a, exactly. like a, like a razor. Okay. So, so, couple things it sounds like it wasn't it sounds like there's probably an alignment issue so so whether or not he, maybe he and I, I and KTM's generally have the same side spacers on both sides of the wheels but I've seen I've seen uh-huh. spacers get swapped and wheels get kind of shuffled off to one side or the chain guide gets bent so the chain guide gets bent in and then it and then it runs the chain on in a misalignment through the through the sprocket but it, just assuming that it's all good quality stuff Generally, your first ride on a chain and sprocket, it will stretch a little bit. And especially you guys are riding in sand and mud and snow, you know, that actually snow, icy snow is like really, <laughs> it's, it's really hard on sprockets. Um, it's, it, it uh-huh. really good at grinding on that stuff. But if it's, if it's kind of go from slipping to grabbing really hard stuff, the, the, the mud was sticky, it was great, but it was sticking to the, the tires really good. But when you went to like snow and, and mud, it kind of like jacked the chain pretty bad. Yeah, there's the there's question is, places out I'm there where that 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 mud is it's like it's like it's like a, a grinding compound, and so it, it can be it can be pretty hard in that stuff. But if it's if it's narrowing it down, and then he, you said he did both uh, front sprocket and rear sprocket at the same time. Yes. So so it, it was all new set. Yeah, because sometimes if you leave your counter shaft sprocket on there and it's it's you know it's worn a little bit. It will stretch the entire chain. It'll it'll stretch the chain to to match its teeth because that's where a lot of the power is coming from, you know. So it's forcing the uh-huh. chain to do something, and then it'll prematurely wear the the back chain. But it was all replaced as a as a single thing. And then believe it or not, there are some chains that fit better on other sprockets. Like just the the shape of the teeth is is a little bit different on certain sprockets versus certain chains and so a lot of times the it will match right the it's it's an un, it's a it's again it's just like running a, a an out of an out of you know out of you know worn out kind of a thing so so that can be a problem but that the going to the side I would really check the alignment and make sure and sometimes on some bikes even if you're using the alignment marks on the swing arm they're not accurate. You've got to actually take a tape measure or there's some special tools that'll measure from the, uh-huh. basically from the swing arm pivot uh, back to the axle to make sure it's square. And you would hope that the, 
that the frame is square. You know, the frame is is straight. You no, know, but no, I know. We 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 actually use the marks to line it up. Also, when I was riding with him on on the MDR, which is kind of flat, we rode rode some of that stuff, mm-hmm. and I was next to him, and the chain was slapping very very like consistent. It was slapping at high speed. Yeah, we were not like getting hardened and 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 soft stuff. It was just clack 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 at the same rate. Like to me, it looked like one of the sprockets was was out of round or something. <laughs> so that yeah, was- I, I don't know. You know, and then and then on the KTM, you know, I, and I, I've seen people do this before on accident. Is you know that the, the axle blocks are are different lengths. So if you put it one way, it's it's. It's, you know, it's farther back and you flip it the other way and it's two teeth less. It's actually two teeth. So it's, it's kind of on purpose. They design it like that. So you can, you know, switch sprockets, you know, switch wheel size or, you know, sprocket size is pretty easy, but I've actually Uh seen people put them on where one's one way and one's the other way. And then everything's crooked. It's pretty obvious. The wheel is really crooked in the swing arm, but I would check the obvious stuff first. So check to see if the chain guy's not bent, but that slapping is just because of the torque of that motorcycle. That's pretty normal. And then sometimes when you're, when your chain wear pad, you know, the, the glide pad wears out, you know, it's actually yeah, yeah. slapping down on metal. And, and if the chain's either a little bit too loose, sometimes it can do it. Sometimes even when they're too tight, it just gets a certain oscillation. So, I mean, there's a, there's a ton of, uh, yeah, there's a ton of, ton of, it, ton of stuff that could go wrong. But, um, is this, is this, is this guy always having problems with his bike? I think it's the first time when oh. after he changed that chain. It's, okay, it's kind of weird because we adjusted them thing like three times and and he kept doing the same thing. Right. Yeah. I saw I saw another guy on the KTM with the uh, with the orange. How do you call that that uh, sprocket that has? It's orange and then just the teeth are different. So so sometimes those are thing. called those are super sprocks and then and then Renthal was also making like a they call it a twin ring. So, so it's, uh-huh. it's aluminum on the inside and then a harder metal, uh, you know, it's a, it's, it's a steel on the outside. So yeah, uh-huh. those are, those have always been, yeah, the Renthal ones, they had some problems with, uh, in the early, early batches, but I haven't, I haven't used them much since then. I see. All so. right. Well, that answers the question. I'm gonna tell him what to do. Yeah. Those things. <laughs> hey, hey, Victor, send right. send me send me. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna see about getting you hooked up with some uh, some pants. So if if you can squeeze oh, in if you can dude. squeeze into the 34s, uh, we'll keep, we'll get you out of those Levi's. <laughs> might have to, might have to start <laughs> doing some sit ups. So, but hey, thanks uh, for supporting the yeah. show and calling in all the time, and uh, we'll we'll see you out in the out in the desert someplace. I'll visit them one of, one of these days. Well, thank you very much. Have a nice one. Right on. See you. The show here. Okay. <laughs> take care. Bye-bye. Okay. Gabe, you said we had another call? One just came in. One just came in. You screening them? <laughs> we'll get this down. One of these days we'll figure all this stuff out, right? <laughs> so, okay. Uh, and Alan Anderson mentions DDC all the way, and I have to agree with that. Um, uh, that's Delaney Drive components and uh i use those on a lot of my bikes i use the uh dirt tricks ones previous to that those are really good those are those those swiss cheesy looking stainless steel sprockets that weigh nothing for a stainless steel sprocket and i've never worn one out so um uh those are those are good as well um and mark daniels measured the ktm 500 and it was off by uh 0.0 Five zero. I don't know. That's like a little bit, but not a lot. Fifty thousands. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's not that much. I mean, that's, that's production tolerances. <laughs> it's a KTM too. So they probably come bent, right? <laughs> so, uh, I would, I wouldn't, I would, you know, um, I do, I have this tool. It's just, it's a, it's a couple pins on a, on a rod that you can set and you set it on one side, put it inside the axle indent, put it in the swing arm pivot and you take it over the other side and do the other side. And, and generally they're all really close. Uh, but I have seen some bikes where the index marks aren't, uh, aren't perfect. So, um, usually the way that I do it is I set it and make sure it's nice and square, uh, make sure everything's good. Everything looks aligned and you can kind of, you know, you can look, you can sight the chain and you can almost see it when it's, when it's right. But then when I go to adjust my chain, I do it by turning, you know, so I turn the, the, the nut, you know, like one, two, three, four. And then I go to the other side and do one, two, three, four. And I kind of turn them the same amount. Now, depending on how the wrench goes in there and how far you swing it, yeah, you can do it, but it's the same way I mix two-stroke oil, and you don't want to see that either. That's why I'm really glad that we have fuel-injected two-strokes with oil injection that gets oil all over the reeds, although they took that video down, and we can't laugh about it anymore. Uh, let's see. The DDC guy is on the phone. Is that, what you, is that what you're saying? Okay. Hold on. Let me go back to the, let me go back to the call screening box right now. Here we go. Uh, wait, no, this is Lou Peralta, right? I'm going to talk to Lou. Hold on a second. Hey, Lou, are you there? Hello. Hey. Yes, sir. It's, it's been probably centuries since I've talked to you. Oh, that's exactly 47 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> yeah. When I was four or five, right? How long it's been. How, however long it is. Yeah. <laughs> hey, nice to see you. You, you got it. You got a question about an old fart going fast. Yeah, how do you do that? I don't know. I'm 78 years old. I want to go as fast as I wanted to go, but I don't know what how to do it now. Well, so I don't you, have all the technical knowledge that you're you're well, giving out there. Yeah, well, I I can get you your bike working pretty good, but like you working pretty good is a whole different story. So uh, you don't have it, any tips, huh? D- well, you gotta de- you gotta determine this. So what's what's not working? Is it the brain? The brain's not working anymore, or is it the body? Because I have I have both of those I kinds think, of days. I think the wrist works fine. The body doesn't like it. The wrist, so you can twist the throttle. You just can't react to what's happening afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there's there's I'm there's failing on that. I, you have anything special? That any new stuff that I can use? Um, well, I'm I'm working on a pill. I'm, I'm working on a pill that I'm going to sell because I, it's it's a lot. We take a whole bunch of pills, man. It's a lot. Most of oh. them are blue. Hey, <laughs> one more for better riding is no problem. But but in reality, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to get the pill because that way I can just sell pills. Because and then I'll just make sure uh-huh. that they work really quick, and then <laughs> then everybody will want it because you don't have to practice anything. You don't have to come in school. That's, it. That's what I want. Yeah, that's what I want. So no, I, I can't help you. Hey man, I, this is the first time I I've I, uh, I listened to your show. I just came across it by by chance, and I see a couple of crazy guys that I know that are listening as well. Yep, San Felipe Bob is one of them, and uh, a couple of the other guys, Mark Daniels, I think, is one of them. Oh yeah, there's there's, there's a lot of old old, nice. old Baja guys, <laughs> old guys that used to hang around oh, down in Baja. Yeah, I never got hey, to. Man, ra- I just want to. I want. I want to. I want to promote something if I can. Well, you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't be a promoter if you didn't want to promote something. So go for it. I'm going to give you that there space. You go. <laughs> well, uh, December 14th, we have the California City Grand Prix here in Cal City. 
Yep. We're putting it on again. And, man, we'd love to see a lot of you guys listening. And you come over and ride. Oh, I don't. I don't. All that technology that you got behind <laughs> yourself uh, to use. I don't. I don't race anymore, Lou. I. 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 I I'm. I'm retired. I. I ride Are races, really? but I don't. I ride races, but I don't race them anymore because. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Hey, that's okay. Hey, Are you gonna? Just, Are you gonna? Just good, man. Are you gonna have that? Good. Are you gonna have that big purse like you used to have back in the day when the, when the prospectors? Oh man, we got a big purse. A big purse because like when I made I made that was one of the that was one of the best paydays I ever had. Me and Dave Donatoni on the Barkmaster CR five hundred. We well we first we scared the cop because he was pointing the radar gun at it and he thought there was no way we were gonna be able to yeah. turn that sucker off the road out into the dirt, which we did, <laughs> like probably like forty bike lengths of horse in front of the next bike. But uh, yeah, uh, we had a we we had a good payday there, and then and then uh, those days kind of went away. <laughs> the district got yeah, involved. Yeah, they got away. Well, payday nowadays is a big dinner by Lois. Yeah. Lois will cook you a great dinner. <laughs> awesome. Hey, well, it was good to hear hey, from you again. I mean, we yeah. have a ten mile course, and it's going to be uh, it's going to be Saturday, uh, December fourteenth. And we got classes even for you, man. We got classes all the way from the young punks, yeah, to thirty plus, forty plus, fifty plus, and then ancient. Awesome. And we take anybody there that uh, walks and uh, breathes. We'll <laughs> as, put as, long, in that as, class. as long as they can pay the entry fee, right? Hey, the MPP, if the guy is old <laughs> enough he can make it there, I'll give him a free entry. <laughs> Just tell him they heard it on Tech Talk Taco Tuesday, right? There you go. Okay. There you go. That's a good one. Sounds like a good deal. A good I'll, have, hey, I'll have him good search show, you out. Man. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it, Lou. You t- hey, by the way, the company that we used to do all the races in Mexico uh-huh. is called Baja Promotions. Baja Promotions. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And there used to be the, uh, the Grand Carreras and the Grand Prix. It was great times. I'm yeah. glad you guys were there. Okay. I will catch you Take soon. Care. Okay, see ya. Thank you. Okay, that was uh, Lou Peralta, who, like I said, used to run uh, Baja Promotions. And I I'm not, I don't know if – I never did his races down in San Felipe. I know San, that's how San Felipe Bob got to be San Felipe Bob was by going down and doing those things. Um, and uh, I think he got more famous right, racing a jet ski, a, a couch, and the water. Or something. So that's it for calls, right? Yeah, George says to show you this. George says to show you this. What's he going to put this up on my Facebook page? Me like laying down in the dirt. Hey, no, notice, hey, look at that. Notice that the, 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 yeah, there's the picture on the on the form if you're in there. That's that's me sliding. By the way, uh, hands still. Gabe, you can vouch for this. Uh, hands still on the handlebars. Throttle still twisted, right? Yep. You can save it till it's it's almost done. So, um, okay, let's see where we're at. Do we have any more questions in the, in the room? I was going to talk, I got to get more prepared if I, uh, talk about, uh, let's see, Christmas, Christmas gifts. What, what else? Uh, what was that? Motion pro Pro. tools, right? Nothing wrong with tool. What, which tool Gabe? The MP tool. Uh, that's actually a pretty good one. Yeah, I have to I have to agree with that. Yes, and I'm sure George is going to put the uh, um, thing there. Hey, you know what? You know what I got to do for Christmas? I got to go to American Super Camp. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving? No, it was Thanksgiving, but it was like it was probably it was like a Christmas gift from somebody. So um, 
And if you don't know what that is, so I, I run the world's best off-road riding school. But if you want to learn how to slide a motorcycle around a TTR 125 around a flat track uh, and have a really good time, um, uh, American Super Camp uh, is a pretty cool place to go. Now, I've known this for a long time because I ran into Danny Walker probably about 20 years ago. And, um, and somebody just said the tire pressure gauge from Amazon is a good Christmas gift. <laughs> yeah. Click on the link that we're going to put on the bottom of the YouTube video or something like that. I don't know how to do that crap, but anyways, uh, so, so, um, for a guy who's been riding for so long and I mean, I can flat track pretty good for a guy that didn't know really what I was doing. I just kind of, I kind of knew enough to be dangerous, but to have like, really good instructors that 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 would were really paying attention to what you're doing and teaching you this technique that's a super super advanced technique that they take in a really controlled environment on fun little bikes and um we did it in um the city of industry and the dirt there was amazing for the for the flat track so um yeah, and, and people remember we used to have the flat track back at Cycle World Magazine. We used to go out to Orange County Fairgrounds when with the Speedway there, and Brad Oxley would every once in a while, if we'd put on a show by doing like a mini bike motorcycle demolition derby during halftime, he'd let us go race around there. So, I mean, that is some good times on uh, on mini bikes. So uh, thanks, George, for reminding me to uh, mention uh, the American Super Camp because I did have a good time. I haven't had a chance to go slide around in my flat track out here uh, since I got back, but um, it's prepping. It's prepped. It's really. It's looking really premium right now, and it's going to rain again tomorrow, so that's going to soak in and pack down a little bit better. Uh, might have to be getting me a steel shoe though, <laughs> pretty soon. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I went down a couple times, like um, exceeding my skill level. <laughs> a little bit, but, uh, they, they wet down that. So for some of the sessions, they just soak the course. So it's like, it's like grease, it's slippery, but they want it to be cause they, you know, they want to, they want you to learn how to control the bike. And I've had a lot of people that have gone, we've recommended that school to a lot of our clients, told them to go there. And they, 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 a lot of them come back and they said, I'm not sure what I learned, but I had a really, really good time. And I'm like, oh, you learned, you learned something. You, you learned how to, what it feels like for your bike to be out of control and then some techniques to use, you know, so that you're not going to die. You can still save it. And cause I've seen a lot of people just jump off the back and do kind of, do kind of dumb things when they get just a little bit out of control. So yeah, that's uh that was a good time. Um, I think we've answered most of the questions. Um, yeah, we used to do mini, we used to mini motard in the parking lot. We put flat track tires on our XR100s and went and set up cones in parking lots and drug knee, you know, with my uh, Australian buddies, the Alamangos. Uh, he was a seven-time uh, world demolition derby champion too, evidently, allegedly. At least we got Larry Huffman to say it, and I do have it on video. <laughs> so... Anyways, uh, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. We have, uh, I think, yeah, got all the questions. If you have any questions, you can also uh, put them in the bottom when you're watching this on the different platforms, YouTubes and stuff like that. A lot of times we go back and uh, harvest those questions out, answer them on next week's show. Um, if you wonder why your question from last week's show it didn't get answered on the uh, a show that you've seen, you probably have to look at another show. We have archives of our shows going back. And uh, like I said, one of these days, I mean, we're 40 shows into this mess. So you think we could, you know, be a little bit more professional. 
but it all revolves around our um, sponsorship dollars, you know. So we're waiting for that big that big investment to kick this thing to the next level. So if you know somebody who um, has excess marketing budget, have them send send them send them our way. Metzger, I saw Rob Metzger on here. Why don't you side job a little bit for me over here? I don't think Roland would mind. Not one bit. <laughs> so uh, everybody out in motorcycle world, have a great time. We will uh, likely, likely see you next Tuesday. Oh, I don't know. We're supposed to be doing rally training. We've got a big we got a rally train next Tuesday. We'll be back here. You're not going to be here. Not, not for tr- – yeah, so uh, yeah. Um, got a busy week next week. So trying to get some guys ready for Dakar. So uh, with that, I will hopefully see you guys out on the trail. Cheers. Cheers.